Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Let's pray together and get into the Word. Thank you, Father, for this conference. Thank you for this time, Lord, where we can come. And Lord, we can glorify you and what you're doing right now in the all, all the earth. Father, I pray for every individual that's here right now. We pray for your will, your plan in this time. Thank you, Lord, that you have set this time apart for us. And that we can just be, uh, Father, a vehicle, just a channel for you to come and work through this week. I pray for every speaker that's coming on this platform, Lord. I pray for revelation to come forth of them, Father, on a level that they have never experienced before. I pray for the word to go out and to Go and to do exactly what it is sent out to do. We give you the glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, thank you, Pastor Eric and Heather, uh, for the opportunity to be here and, and the leadership. Um, the band, again, you guys are doing phenomenal. Um, I, would, I would make them sign some form of document that they're not leaving. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> God is really going to use this worship um, to touch a lot of people's lives. I believe that this time is set aside, that uh, God has prepared us for this season. Now, the church have become sanitized globally. We are involved in 40 different nations currently, and the church have become sanitized. The church have become insensitive to people out there. If there's one thing that COVID has done, it has taught us again to feed people on a natural level, to get down to their level and just take care of their basic needs. People need a touch. And what has happened in the church globally, and you have to understand that COVID is only an outward disease because of an inward problem. And so the church has become distant globally, praying for people, sending their messages, phoning them. God wants the church to be involved in people's lives. Not just on a Sunday but to be involved in their daily routines, to be there, to help them, to walk with them, to fight their battles with them. And so the church is still part of God's plan. It's not ending. It's still part of His plan. Now, uh, <laughs> I, January 2020, this year, I prayed for a word. Now, I am not, God has called me to be a New Testament prophet. And uh, there's a complete different understanding of what that is. And so I'm not Old Testament um, I'm called to, to function in the New Testament. So one of the things that I don't do is I don't prophesy over nations. I don't give direction to a nation. I, I'm not f for that. I leave that for the false prophets. They, they can do that. So God has called me um, for the local church to make an impact in the local church, in the gathering. And now it's very important. There's many pastors that is here tonight in this room. Now you have to think about this. The Lord spoke to me about this, and this is where the revelation came. When Jesus was, was born, who did God reveal it to first? The wise men or the shepherds? The wise men is the impression of prophets, and people think that God first speaks to the prophets. But God spoke to the shepherds. He revealed it to the shepherds. God will not do something in your city without mentioning it to you. He will prepare you. He will set you up to be ready for what is happening in your city, in your environment. And I believe that this is what we're facing right now is not something new to you. It's something that God has prepared you for. God has equipped you. He's given you the right weaponry to be able to stand during these times and to be effective in ministry and in everything that you're doing. And so the local church is still part of God's end plan. 
lot of people are prophesying and saying it's the end of the church and we're going to break up and gather in small groups. No, it's not going to happen that way. <laughs> God will build this church. He will build it. He will find someone. And that's why the gatherings is still important. We have to gather. People are prophesying that the future of the church is a, is a social media church. That's not it. You can't lay hands on people, virtual hands on Facebook Live. You can preach, you can do everything, but you need to lay hands. You cannot impart. You need to lay hands on people to impart to them. And that impartation is still vital of your spiritual life and of church growth, is to impart to people, to have that meeting, to have that fellowship of the believers, to get together in a place. And yes, the enemy is fighting against that. The enemy has all these smart ways and trying to um, come up with these great ideas, but God wants His people to come together, to fellowship. God made us for fellowship. <laughs> he made us to communicate. That's why we were created. So I, I don't focus on getting a word for a nation or uh, even in South Africa. We have groups and, and they ask me to please prophesy over our nation every year. I, I've not done it. I've done it once, I think in the last 20 years of ministry. Only once they pushed me really hard and I, I just said something over the nation. But I don't go for that. Um, I try to just focus on what's happening locally in our city and in our area and then also for us as a family. I don't see God to get a word for a nation. I see God to get a word for us as a family. So God, show us, what do, what do we do? How can you help a nation if you can't help yourself? So what is your direction for us? And so January, I really sought God for us as a family. Say, God, what, do you, what is your plan for us in 2020? Um, and then God spoke to me in January, and I wish I really, I, I, I did not expect this. What we, what we went through the last four months, I had no idea that this was going to happen. But he spoke to me in January, and he said to me that I'm going to give you a strategy for 2020. I'm going to give you a strategy. And as you apply this strategy, this will determine your level of victory in 2020. And so I just took it as a word for us as a family, and I started to study this word. And as I share this word with you tonight, I pray for revelation that this will be just the foundation for you to stand on, but that God would give you personal revelation for you as a family, for you as a church, as a business, in, and how to navigate through this in this year. Because I believe that 2020 and 2021, in, you know, in the spiritual world, a year doesn't start from January to December. There's seasons. It might be a five-year season. It might be a two-year season. And so it's not ending December. This is a season that we're in, and it, and it might be here for two or three years, what we're facing right now. And so God is giving us a strategy in how to navigate and be successful and be victorious in the season that we're in right now. And so I sat down and the Lord took me to a scripture. I've preached the scripture many times. Uh, I've read it many times. But then God started to reveal the strategy within this scripture to me. And tonight we're going to spend some time on this scripture and I'm going to ask uh, that God would reveal, give you revelation in that. When we read the Word, the Word of God, there is three levels of revelation in the Word. I went to Israel and I sat with a very um, uh, uh, impolite rabbi. <laughs> and he said this to me. Uh, he said to me that when you read the Scripture, there's three levels of revelation in the Word. First level of revelation is ink on the paper. It's what you read there. First level of revelation. 
The second level of revelation is someone that has revelation about that scripture that shares it with you. And so tonight I'm going to take you deeper in that scripture because I'm going to share the revelation that I have in that scripture with you. But the deepest level of revelation is the third level, is when God himself, his spirit, speaks to you about that scripture. That is the deepest level. And this is what I'm trusting for, is that God would come and reveal to you. Because the word has so much depth in it. There's so much in it. Someone made a statement and said that the word is shallow enough for a child to play in, yet at the same time deep enough for an elephant to drown. And so the word is at, has depth in it. When you read that scripture, and it's, this is just ink on the paper, but as we go into it, God starts to open up and reveal to us, and it contains so much of the Father. We can pick up the Father's character in it. We can pick up principles in it. It's so deep that sometimes we just have to camp a little bit. We have to stand still and just allow the Holy Spirit to start to reveal to us and bring us revelation in that. And so what I'm sharing with you tonight is secondary. I'm sharing a second level of, of revelation to you. But go deeper. Go and sit with this, study this, and let's, let's see what God reveals to you during this. I had people throughout this year, I started to share it in January. I had people who phoned me, and they just started to add things to it, and, and more revelation started to come. And this is my intention tonight, is not to, to give you something and to wow you with a scripture, but rather to spark something in your spirit to say, God, show me. Reveal the word to me. You know, I pray for a hunger, a hunger in you to read the word, to read the word, to open up the word. Just sit, sit out the time, open up the Bible and read. Just start with that. Just read and let the Holy Spirit start to reveal to you and refresh you. If you don't read the Bible, you should never feel guilty. I used to feel very guilty as a child growing up and not reading the Bible. You should never feel guilty if you don't read the Bible. You should feel hungry. And so the purpose of the word is to feed you. Is to, if you don't, if the revelation doesn't come forth, if the spirit doesn't come and makes it alive, then it just remains ink on paper. It's like any other book that's out there. But when the spirit brings it to life, it changes everything. Then, it's, then it is like the Bible is written in 2020 for this season. Then God shows you the timeline and things and everything just falls into place. It's not just a history book anymore. It's a book that's alive and active in the season, in 2020. It becomes your guide. It becomes your manual. Uh, it equips you for what is to come. It becomes your manual in business. It becomes your manual in whatever you, in, in your walk of life. It becomes that manual to reveal it to you. And so I just started to read it and then God gave me these things. And, and the Spirit of God... In January, he, he shared with me the importance of it, but I took it lightly. I didn't take, I didn't, to be honest with you, I didn't really take him that serious. I heard, and I, it was like the Spirit of the Lord pleaded with me that my eyes would open and I would see. And uh, I, I did read it and I looked at it, but only when the storm came, I realized then the importance of that scripture. And this word has saved us as a family. It saved us in the last three months of our lives. It saved us. <laughs> As Americans, sometimes Americans complain about nothing. <laughs> you know, uh, I love it to be in America. What I love is to open a tap 
and water just comes out. You don't have to pray in tongues that something would come out. <laughs> it's not, it's not a, a faith action. It's just water comes out. <laughs> and it's not because we don't have water. We don't have electricity. That's why. It's the pump that powers the water to flow. That's the issue. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's really a, a careless society. And people think they have enormous problems. Let me tell you, America is still, is still the land of milk and honey. Yes, there's challenges and issues in this nation, but come with me. I'll go show you real challenges. It's nothing like what's out there. Nothing. <laughs> so I understand it seems like it's a major crisis, but I would rather be here in a crisis than in any place else. I promise you. That's why I'm flying my, my wife and children here Monday. I'd rather be here than sitting in any other place in the world. Any other place in the world. I have friends, pastors that are stuck in different nations. They are in Sudan right now. They are in Dubai right now. They're in places. It's horrible. <laughs> the first thing that I did is when I arrived, I went and bought a burger, took a picture, and I sent it to them. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't have takeaways or any restaurants open the last four months, so sorry, I had to. <laughs> I just had to show them what their future could look like. Could be one day. <laughs> anyway, Luke 15, 11. Turn with me to Luke 15, 11. I'm going to share it with you. Luke 15, 11 is a word that God gave me for this season. Not for 2020, for this season. Luke 20, 11. And God shared there's principles in here, and these principles is a strategy that God is giving you to navigate in the season and to be more prosperous, more successful, and more victorious in the season of your life. Luke 15, 11 starts, and um, it says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. There was a man who had two sons. To give you a little bit of background in the scripture, we're going to stand still with this, with this scripture for tonight is that Luke 15, 11 is about a father and two sons. But this father, when we read the Old Testament, the Old Testament represents a king and servants. The New Testament represents a father and a son, father and a daughter. That's what it portrays. And so in Luke, we see the father. This is not a natural father. This father represents God. And when we look at this father's life, we can see the character of God. We can see the integrity of God. We can see the heart of the Father. And so the, <laughs> the hero in Luke 15, 11 is not the son. The hero is the father. And just look at the son. It's not about the son. It's about the father. And so Luke 15, 11 starts, and Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. You know the story very well. Now, the son comes to him and to the father, and the son says, I want my inheritance. Give me my inheritance. I want to leave. I want to do my own thing. Now, as long as the son is in the house and abides by the rules and the father pays the bills, the son doesn't really have authority or cannot really make his own decisions. And so here is where character is tested, where sonship is tested, for the father to put him in a position where financially he can stand on his own. Financially he can make his own decisions. Because parents 
in South Africa can control their children. They can say that as long as you live in this house, we will pay for your studies, we will pay for fuel, but when you leave this house, you're on your own. And so that's not really freedom <laughs> because they will abide to the rules because, they, because there is a restrictions on it. Um, there's funding on it. And so here, true love is tested. True character is tested. It's easy for a son to make the right choices um, when he is controlled by the father. But when the son has the freedom to follow his own will, then it changes everything. And so the son comes to the father. He says, I want my inheritance. It's very important because in our society in South Africa, people receive their inheritance at the end of their life. But in Israel culture, they receive their inheritance in the beginning of their life. It's very important to understand when it comes to Jesus, our inheritance. Not something that you get when you go to heaven one day. It's something that you get when you become born again. Very important. So the son comes to him and says, and so this is not strange. This is not a rebellious son. This is culture. This is how it works. And so the son comes to the father and says, I'm ready to leave. I want to do my own thing. Give him my inheritance. I want to go. And so now the father enables him. He's funding him. He says, okay, here is your inheritance. Now everything changes because now the son has free will. He can choose whether he wants to serve God or not. He can choose whether he wants to stay in the will of the father or not. And so the son takes his inheritance and he leaves. But although the son left the house, the father's heart never left him. The father did not say, if you leave today, you can never return. It's interesting because often we do it with people. We let them go, but we, we make sure that they know that if they leave, they cannot come back. We don't keep a door open for them to return when they want to return or when they want to repent. And so the perfect father says, it's okay. You can go, my heart goes with you. He didn't go out and support his works he gave him. And so the son goes out, we know the story, ends up, wastes all his money, and now the son comes to realization. And I am, con I am, I, I am convinced that what brought the son to his senses was the Holy Spirit. I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit is the one who reminds us of our purpose, of our destiny, of our potential, of our, of our identity. That's what I believe. Even though we lost, the Holy Spirit reminds us of the will of God for our lives. And this is what's ha what happens with the son. Suddenly, he realizes that his life, is he would be in a far better position being in the house than where he is at that moment. But now... True repentance happens. The son says, I'm willing to go back to the father's house, even if I can just be a servant. The son does not demand to go back to the house and say, I want to be back in a position where I've been. True repentance is the willingness to start over again. A lot of people leave today but they don't truly repent. When they come back, they don't have a repentant heart. They want to come back and they want to put demand on things. They demand their previous position. They demand what they've had before that. And so true, true repentance is the willingness to start over again. 
And so I've, I'm convinced that this son is truly repented in his heart. And so he made up his mind already and in his heart. He says, I'm willing to go back and just be a servant. That's true repentance. Now he comes back. And this is what I want to focus on in uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 22. He came back. The father had an expectation for him to come back. It wasn't a surprise to the father. The father was waiting. He was looking from afar to see when is he coming back? When is he coming back? He didn't lock the door and say, no, you can never return. He was waiting afar from him. Now, in South African culture, I don't understand American culture, but in South African culture, if this would happen in a family and the son would return, the father would lock the door and the son would come and he would keep on knocking on the door and the father will not answer the door. He would let him suffer just a little bit. Make sure he's repented. And then maybe the dad will open. But not this father. This father meets him halfway. Doesn't stand in front of the door and say, no, you left this house, you'll walk all the way back to the front porch. No, he goes out. He meets him halfway. He makes the entire um, repentive process easy for him. He goes out, meets him halfway. Now the son is broken. He's... He's in, he knows <laughs> what he's done. He's broken. He's ready to repent. And he just, wants to, he just wants to be completely vulnerable in the Father's hands. He just wants to expose all his sin. He's ready to do that. He's ready to tell the Father of everything that has happened, everything that he's done. He's ready to give account of everything that he's messed up. But yet the Father never gives him the opportunity to do that. He wants to. His motive is to do that. But immediately the Father responds in Luke 15, 20, 20. But the father said to his servants, quick, look at this process. It's not a long, dragged out process that's happening today. Father says, quickly. He's made that decision now. Quickly, quickly. He says, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And tonight I want to focus on these three words, rope, ring, and sandals. Quickly, bring the best robe for him. Now, the son is naked because of his decisions that he's made. He's unclothed. He's exposed. And so, so the first thing that the father does is he covers him, protects his nakedness, protects his wounds. He covers him immediately. Quick, bring the best robe for him, quickly. What does the robe do? The robe, in, in those days, the robe uh, resembled the authority of the kingdom. The king had the robe that he had and his wife and sons had the same type of robe. It represented the kingdom. And so it represented authority. So immediately when the father gives him a robe, immediately right there, he reinstates his authority. Immediately. <laughs> when we accept Jesus Christ, our authority is reinstated immediately. Immediately. Someone that got saved today and someone that has been saved for 20 years can perform the same miracles. The authority has been reinstated. So immediately the father brings him back into his position, back into his identity. He's willing just to be a servant. But the father says, no, I'm going to give you full authority right now. And this is what God has spoken to me about 2020, this season. He says, in this season... It is important for my children, sons and daughters, to understand the authority that they have. 
There's certain things right now that is not going to change unless we take authority. And this is not the authority of leadership or the pastor or the prophet. This is every believer, every son and daughter of God, every child of God that steps into the authority that's been reinstated in their lives. Everyone has to react upon the authority. Not just one man, one person. Everyone has to step out and say, I'm stepping into the authority that I have. Now, authority, there's different levels of authorities. We live in a time where we have seen a lot of children of God. Now, children of God, when you accept Christ, you become a child. Children go to heaven. But the difference between children and sons and daughters is children don't have any authority. Sons and daughters have authority. Children just want to go to heaven. That's it. But sons and daughters want to walk in authority on the earth right now. And so in 2020, it's very important for you to understand the authority that God has given you. There are some storms that is coming your way, and only you will have the authority to break that storm. You are going to have to stand up, and you're going to have to exercise your authority. You're going to have to, not in your own name, not in your capacity, you're going to have to step out and say, I'm, I'm walking in this. This year, uh, we celebrate uh, 20 years of ministry. People ask me, Andre, how does it feel? The first year when you started up until now, 20 years later in the prophetic. Obviously, in the beginning, you were anxious and concerned when you prophesied and you didn't know. I say to people, 20 years later now in ministry, it feels to me now that I know less than when I started. <laughs> That's how it feels. And so I don't look at my ability and capacity, but what I did grow in revelation in the last 20 years is I've grown in revelation in the hand of God upon my life. And the fact that He has called me, the fact that He has chosen me. And I, I rely on that authority, not in my capacity or my ability. I rely on the fact that He has sent me. I'm acting in His will. <laughs> I'm carrying heaven's mandate upon me. And so authority, your authority, is important in ministry and in business. And in your family, there's going to be attacks upon your life in this season. And you have to stand up in your authority that God has given you. And you have to break that limitation. You have to break that spirit. You have to break whatever is trying to come in, steal, kill, and destroy from your life. You have to address it. There's some things that is not going to change until you address it. You have to address it. You have to speak up against that. The second thing that the father does is he says, Bring a ring for his finger. A ring for his finger. Quickly bring a ring. And so they put a ring, he puts a ring in the son's finger. Now, ring represents covenant. The day when I got married to my wife, we exchanged rings as a symbol that we are entering a covenant. When you date a person or when you are engaged, you're not in covenant yet. And so you have to work that relationship. You work it. You have to buy flowers, coffee. You have to be nice every day. You do a lot of things because you have to win that person. Okay? But then when you get married, you enter a covenant. There's a difference between works and covenant. Because covenant proceeds even when works fail. So when you enter covenant with a person, today I'm married for 11 years, even though I forget to buy flowers today, my wife doesn't leave me because we're in covenant. <laughs> we have entered a covenant now. It's very important for you to understand. 
covenant continues, even though works fail. And we're in a covenant. We have entered a covenant now. And so immediately, the Father does something. And I believe that the Father here does things strategically. Immediately, the Father puts a ring on his finger. And so he brings his son back into covenant again. Why? Because when the son left, all his duties were distributed to servants. Maybe some of it to the older brother as well. And so they have been working all the time that the son has not been there. They have been working. And now you have to understand the father's in the field with the son, but the servants are watching. And the servants cannot wait for him to return to the house so that they can judge him on works. They can't wait. Where have you been? What have you done? Look at what we have done. We've worked this land. Here's the harvest. Where have you been? And so the father is very strategic. You see, covenant is above works. So immediately the father takes his son and he puts him in covenant. Now they have nothing against him. They can't use works anymore because he's in covenant now. Covenant is above works. They're ready to judge him. And so because the father put him in covenant, he just removed all judgment from his life. (laughs) They have nothing on him. Strategically. I believe that this season, 2020... Is it is a is a season where we need revelation of covenant with God? We need a revelation of that. Because suddenly businesses are closed down, people's hands are tied down. Suddenly people cannot cannot generate income. But covenant is above works. And so when you're in covenant with God, the provision continues even if you're not working. In business, in ministry, in life, things still grow, things still overflow because you're in covenant. You're not just limited to works. There's a lot of children of God in this season that are suddenly learning to understand covenant because everything that they've done is they live their lives on works. And so it is input-output. They work hard and then they earn. They work hard and they earn. They've got a certain measure of success that they worked out which says if I work this amount of hours this is the reward that I'm going to get and so suddenly the world comes and it stops works completely and I mean if you're in that measurement then suddenly you are not allowed to earn anything because you didn't work but now covenant kicks in covenant says you're above works you don't have to expect your income to drop you don't have to expect that things are going to fall apart Because covenant will continue to carry you. You see, people think that their works have been carrying them, but it's the covenant that they have with God that has been carrying them. They think their businesses are blessed because they're working. They think their churches are growing because of their wisdom and their hard work. It's been the covenant of God that has kept us going. And it is the covenant with God that's going to keep us going. It's going to keep us moving forward. (laughs) There's a covenant that we are part of that is above works. And the world is ready to judge you. Servants are ready to condemn you. But God has put you in a position where they have nothing on you. They can't use anything against you. Because you're not limited just in work. You don't have to work that relationship. You are in covenant with God. That means that His love for you never changes. Never changes. 
it's not built on your ability and your good works and your, what you've done. He's made, he's made the decision to love you no matter what. You're in covenant with him. And then the third thing is sandals, qualified. He gives sandals to his feet. What is that? He gives sandals to his son's feet. And sandals, when the disciples were sent out, the only thing that they could take with them was the sandals on their feet. And so sandals means that you are qualified for the job. The father had to, after he gave his son authority, after he um, brought him back into covenant, the father had to reassure him of his ability. He had to reassure him of his, his qualifiedness to be a son. Because he had to deal with things in his, in his own heart. And so the father had to reassure him that you are qualified to go back and to continue to lead. I believe in this season that God is busy qualifying us. That we are chosen. That we are called to be in that position in the season. Now I believe that prophetically that there's three shakings that's busy happening. January, as I, as I prepared this word for as a family, God uh, showed me three shakings and I recorded the entire message in January. He said to me that there will be three shakings this year. Number one, there will be a health shaking. Health will be shaken. Number two, the economy will be shaken. And number three, religion will be shaken. Three shakings that God showed me. I believe that we experienced the first and the second shaking. But I feel that we are at the brink of the third shaking that's about to take place. Where religion will be shaken. <laughs> will be shaken. And in this, God spoke to me clearly. He said to me, religion will be shaken this year. Churches will stand up against one another. They will fight one another. They will blame one another. I'm not talking about religious, two different religious groups that are fighting. I'm talking about one religious group that are busy attacking one another. Religion is shaken. And God said to me clearly, he said, Andre, I want you to have no part in that. You don't speak against churches. You don't speak against men of God. You have no part in this religious shaking. You don't compete. I believe it's the enemy that's busy attacking God's people. And suddenly, you know, people, are, people want to blame someone. They've tried to blame government, but that didn't work. Now they're trying. They want, to, they want to blame someone. They want someone to take your responsibility for what went wrong in their life. And it's going to turn back to the church. They're going to blame the church. Churches are going to blame one another. This is what we'll see uh, in the next couple of months that will start to happen. A religious shaking. But in this religi religious shaking, everything that is natural will be shaken. When I say health will be shaken, the economy will be shaken, and religion will be shaken, all of these things are natural things. The spirit cannot be shaken. <laughs> this is all natural things that's being shaken. And that's why if a, if a person's or a family's life or a business or a church is only built on natural things, it's going to seem, they, it's going to, seem to them like their whole life is falling apart. Because all things are natural. Every natural thing will be shaken. But tonight I'm not speaking to people that are just natural. Your trust is in God. Jesus is your foundation. The word is your foundation. And that word that you stand on is unshakable. It cannot have any impact on that. It's unshakable, the word that we're standing on. 
And so we're going to experience these shakings right now where, where people's um, positions are being shaken, where people's retirements are being shaken. We have a, a challenge in South Africa right now because of corruption. People are losing their entire retirement. They work their entire lives to have this little piece of security and suddenly it's taken from them. And they, they commit suicide. People are just, just, they're just killing, each, killing themselves. Why? And I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying they, all they trust is in something natural. They think that that is their life, that is their, their identity, and they think that that is their God. They don't realize that they are in covenant and there is a God that even though things are taken from them in the natural, there is a God that will provide, that will make a way for them, <laughs> that will replace it with something far greater than the world can give. Not in heaven one day, on earth. Right here, God will make a way for them. I believe that we're entering a time where we are going to live by faith like never before. There's a lot of people that say they live by faith. But as soon as there's a shaking, then they don't live by faith. <laughs> they only live by what they can see and touch and feel. And so as we go through the shaking, God is going to grow your level of faith. Because He's going to give you a, a security, not in earthly or natural things, but in Him. You're going to find yourself in Him again. That is secure. No one can take that from you. No one can touch it. It is protected by heaven, that identity in him. And so this is the shaking that we're going through in this time. And so the father immediately restored his son completely. And I want you to write down these three things specifically for 2020 uh, and 2021. I sense it's going to be a three-year period, but there's a season, a season that we're entering Whereas these three things is important for every believer. Every believer. What is important is your authority has been reinstated. And as a child and daughter of God, and I'm speaking tonight to sons and daughters of God. If you're unsafe tonight, if you're off the track, if you are still the lost son, get back as soon as possible. Don't feel condemned tonight. Know that the Father is waiting for you to return. And He's going to do it quickly. Immediately when your motive changes, immediately when you come to repentance, it is not a year process, it's a fast process. Immediately the Father restores you, brings you back in your position, puts you back on track. And so if you are here tonight and you are not saved, you've, you've gone off the track, don't leave this building tonight being uncertain. Don't, don't. That's the most important thing that can happen during this conference. And so look for someone after the service. Look for a leader. Look for a pastor. Ask them to pray with you after the meeting. Don't leave this church or this building if you, have not, if you are uncertain whether you are a son and daughter of God. Immediately, quickly, you are reinstated. God brings you back, activates you again. And so that authority is vital to your victory this year. There is giants that is coming this year and no one else is going to slay those giants for you. <laughs> you are going to have to stand up in the authority that God has given you and you're going to pray in His name and rebuke that storm right there. You're going to stop. You, you won't have time to wait till Sunday to get into the prayer line. It's going to be too, too long. 
You're going to have to address it right there at that moment. You're going to have to discern and know that this is not from God, and I'm not going to allow this, and I'm stopping it right now. In Jesus' name, no, I'm not accepting this. I'm not taking this. Right there, you're going to have to stand up in that authority. There is more storms that is coming. <laughs> There's two major things that's going to happen uh, in the future. Don't be concerned about it because it is nothing to God. But you need to be ready and prepared to function in your authority to be, a ready, to be ready to stand in any storm and be victorious in that, number one. Number two, we need revelation of covenant. We need covenant. We need to understand what that word means. I mean, we have a very shallow understanding of covenant. Very shallow. <laughs> we have no idea what that covenant really means. We have Old Testament covenants, and we look at those covenants, and it's great. But we, are, we have entered a New Testament covenant with God through Jesus. We have a higher level of covenant. We have something, a covenant never ends. There's no expir, expiration date. It continues. <laughs> it doesn't stop. It's not, it doesn't work or function on works or your capacity. It's something that, that takes you way you know, to a higher level in your life. In Genesis chapter 13, verse 9, we see how covenant starts, starts to function. Um, God comes to Abraham and says to Abraham, Abraham, you, have, you, you are in a bad partnership with Lot. You have to break this partnership. Abraham has an understanding of covenant. He doesn't, has, he doesn't have the understanding. He has a understanding. I believe that we can carry a greater understanding of covenant than Abraham had because of Jesus. Pastor Eric has a lot of sermons on that. <laughs> podcast. There's a covenant that we are part of that's far greater than any covenant in the Old Testament. And so, but Abraham understands covenant. He understands the covenant of the Old Testament. And then I want you to look at the way that he responds because he has a revelation of covenant. God says to Abraham, Abraham, you, need, you have to part your ways with Lot. And so this is how he functions. Genesis 13 verse 9. Abraham says to Lot, he says, it's not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Only a person that is in covenant can act this way. So Abraham says, Lot, you choose. Left or right. What do you want? Lot is a person that, that, that runs after a lot. He wants the best land, the most prosperous place. He's looking for that. Lot resembles an individual that runs after blessings. And so Lot looks at what looks more prosperous, and he says, that's what I want. So Abraham says, fine, go for it. Abraham is not, because he's in covenant, he's not someone that runs after blessings. A person that understands covenant understands the blessings of the Lord rests upon him. And so Abraham says, where I go, the blessing goes. It follows me. I can go into the desert and a stream will follow me. Water will come in the desert. This is Old Testament covenant. And so Abraham, he's a man of covenant. He goes. I believe in this season that God is dealing with, with children, with Christians that have been running after the blessing. 
This church seems to be blessed, now they're part of that movement. Then it looks like this church is more blessed, now they're there. They keep on jumping from place to place. They want to be part of that business because that looks like it's trending right now. Oh, it's coming to an end. I have to sign up for that. They're running after the blessings the whole time. I believe that God is calling us not to run after blessings, but to carry the blessing of the Lord. What does it mean? It means that the place where I am becomes blessed. The business that I am part of becomes blessed. Where I am, the blessing of the Lord become, is busy distributed. Why? Because of covenant. He's made a covenant with me. The blessing rests upon my life. I don't run after the blessing. There's people that run their entire life after the blessing. They are so exhausted. They've been looking for it for 60 years. They still haven't found it. They're running. They're just missing it the whole time. Just stand still and realize that you're carrying the blessing. It's on your life. And where you go, the blessing of the Lord will follow. What does it mean? It means that you can go into a business that is bankrupt. It's not working. Everyone before you tried, tried to get that business going. It's not working. But then you go into that business and life comes to it. It starts to work. The right employees start to come. You can go into an area, into a community, housing community, that falls apart. The whole city is building out to the north. Nothing is happening in the south. But then you go to the south where there's nothing, where it's dry, and you buy land there. And then a whole community starts to develop because of the blessing of the Lord that's upon your life. It attracts the blessing of the Lord. It attracts people. It attracts investment. You don't try to get investors. Investors find you. You don't try to open doors. Doors goes open where you go. Why? Because you are aware of the covenant that rests upon your life. You are aware of His presence. You're not trying to get to a place. You, you are you becoming a carrier of His glory. A carrier of His glory. In this year, God said to me, He said, Andre, you have to get out of glory-shedding mode. Glory-shedding mode. You throw off the glory the whole time. You're shedding it the whole time. The glory is supposed to rest upon you. Be with you. Wherever you go, things is, this has got nothing to do with us. This is all because of Him. <laughs> this is His covenant. And I believe that this is what we are entering right now, is that if you become aware of that, then it changes everything around you. Because you realize what is upon your life. People are, are doing business today, starting churches today. And then they pray and they pray and they pray and they, they do something. And they try to pray the blessing of the Lord upon that thing. That's the wrong way to start it. You start it with the blessing of the Lord. You don't try to pray His blessing onto something. You go out with His blessing. And that's the Great Commission. He comes and He says, therefore, go. Go. Lord, should I start that business? Go. Go. You qualified. Go. Move. I need some momentum. I need some movement. Lord, should I plant a church? People are praying for 10 years whether they should start that church or not while people are going to hell every day. Go. Do something. Get momentum. The blessing of the Lord is upon you. It's with you. 
We don't live in the Old Testament where we're trying to get the blessing. If the sacrifice is great enough, then the blessing will come. No. The sacrifice, Jesus, was great enough. It was. And that's why the blessing came and rested upon us. That's why we've entered a covenant where <laughs> it no longer requires any works. It's not about my works or ability. It doesn't stop me from working. But I'm not limited by that. It doesn't mean because I cannot get up and do something and be busy that I'm not blessed. The blessing of the Lord is upon you. And this is what you are going to experience in the next two years of your life. You are going to experience the blessing of the Lord moving as you move. As you enter a place. As you touch something. That blessing is not just on you. It starts to flow through that business, through that ministry, through that family, because you are there. <laughs> you, you bring life to everything around you. Partnerships. I believe in this time, God is going to break more partnerships than ever before. Ungodly partnerships. God is setting people free from partnerships that is not kingdom-minded. And I'm not just talking about business. I'm talking about church as well. Yes. Partnerships, connections that's not kingdom-minded. You've got a certain heart for God's kingdom, but then you're in business with someone that don't share that same, that same heart. God is parting Abrams and Lots. He's saying it's time to break that partnership. It was good for a season, but it's over now. I'm doing a new thing in your life. A new thing. And... and this new thing, when we talk about a new thing, our sights is set 100% on the kingdom of God. That is the new thing, is the kingdom of God. It's not starting a new idea. It is, it is doing whatever we do with the kingdom in sight. Do I represent the kingdom in what I'm doing right now? Am I, am I acting in the interest of the kingdom when I do this? There's a greater responsibility coming upon the church, greater responsibility than ever before. But God is saying daily, are you acting in the interest of my kingdom? Are you representing the kingdom and what you're doing? God is going to touch the business world like never before. Like never before. There's a shift that's coming in the business world of resources, of land, of finances globally like we've never seen before. God's building His church globally. <laughs> globally. He's setting up the best buildings and the best spots. The biggest building in the public eye. Not the hidden buildings right at the back where no one can see it. In the public eye, in the most expensive land, God is setting it up. Not for an individual. In this thing that I'm talking about tonight, only God gets the glory. No one else. No one will be seen in this. God will be seen in this. And His kingdom will be established. I want to end here and say to you, don't run after blessings. I want you to stand still tonight and to realize the covenant that is upon your life. Remember the, the Father, and it's strategically, the Father restored His authority before He, gave him, before he took Him back into covenant. Why? 
because immediately when, co when covenant kicks in, attack comes. And so the Father reinstates your authority that as soon as covenant kicks in, the enemy is going to try to attack that covenant. He's going to challenge that covenant. He's going he's to try to put you back in the rat race. Remember, even if you win the rat race, you are still a rat. That's the, that's the best level <laughs> that you can go to. And so immediately, when covenant kicks in, the enemy is going to come and say, well, what about your work? You should be concerned because you're working less. That promotion, because you didn't get that promotion, you'll, you won't be able to provide for your family. Immediately, suddenly it comes. But he gave you authority before covenant so that you can withstand the enemy's plan. You can say, no, no, I'm in covenant. And then immediately the father comes and he qualifies you. He, he reminds you that, yes, yes, you are the man for the job and the woman for the job. Listen, let me be honest with you. Spider-Man is not coming. Superman, not coming. They're not coming. You are the chosen. You've been chosen. No one's going to save the city. No one is going to, a president's not going to save this nation. No one. God has called you. You are the reinforcement. There's, there's no one else coming. I know it's bad news or sad news, but no one is coming to help. No one. I had a vision, I have, a, I have a, had a vision of a friend of mine, we were sitting and discussing these things, and uh, I had a vision of these angels in the room with me, these warrior angels, warrior angels. I mean, they are ready for war. I had this vision of these angels with me in the room, and they were sitting in the room with me, and they were, they were doing nothing. They were sitting there and fulfilled is the, is the word in Afrikaans. Um, they had nothing to do. And I saw these angels in the room, warrior angels. And God said to me that they're standing in the room and they're doing nothing because you're not giving them assignments. They are ready to move. They're ready to act. They're not going to force anything upon anyone. They're waiting for the children of God to pray. They're waiting for us to speak. They're waiting for instruction from you to move. They are ready. Millions are ready to be dispatched right now. And these angels are not, they don't play games. <laughs> they are ready to go to war. But they're waiting for the sons and daughters to, to, to give instructions, to go out. They're waiting for just what's, what's happening next. And so we are not using, and this is the challenge, this is what's challenging to me, is that we've become so comfortable that we're not functioning spiritually in the capacity that we have. Because we don't have to. <laughs> in what is coming in the next couple of years, you're going to have to, Start praying. You're going to have to start speaking. It's not just praying, it's speaking. You have to speak. These angels are ready to be dispatched as soon as you speak. They're ready to move. And so that's why I'm saying that these storms are coming, and, and in that moment, you have to speak against it. 
not five days from there. In that moment, you have to stop it right there and say, this is not from God. I come against this right now. And as you speak it, immediately the shift happens in, in, the, in the spirit. Amen. <laughs> You're going to carry the blessing of the Lord where you go. You're going to see an increase of the glory. You're not going to shed glory the whole time. You're going to glory is going to increase, increase in your life where you're going. You're going to see the presence of God in your, in your daily routine like never before. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, where you are, where you go, you're going to experience the hand of God in that world. The church, Sunday church, and business on Monday, these two are inseparable. They will not be separated anymore. God is calling us to live a life for Him, not a day for Him. A life for Him. It means the same power that you'll see demonstrated on Sunday is the same power that you'll see on Wednesday. The same power that the pastor leadership is functioning in is the same power that you will walk in and greater works. But you cannot have this mentality that I'm not good enough and this is it. As soon as the sun comes back, that orphan spirit comes and the orphan spirit wants to steal, kill and wants to strip you of everything. That orphan spirit wants to come upon that son and say, no, no, where have you been? You've wasted everything. You've messed up. You've committed sin. It's ready to function. And I've seen this orphan spirit more in the church than I've seen it in any other place. In Christians' lives. Disqualifying them daily. Before they get up, they disqualified. Disqualified. There's always someone better than you. You're not good enough. You can do it. You're second best. No, you can't do it. God is dealing with that. He's, God is dealing with that spirit now. He's dealing it with it in, in the body of Christ. He's dealing with that orphan spirit. It's time for the sons and daughters to stand up and to take their authority. And so, this, so tonight as you sit here, see yourself clothed with the best robe. Best robe. That robe represents the king. The best robe. The best robe. Your authority is completely reinstated. What happens from here on forward depends on you. You have the authority. God is sending you out. He's, he's reminded you of covenant that He has with you. It means that you don't have to accept the fact that because of works that your income has to go down. You don't have to accept that. You don't have to do it. Don't give the enemy permission to come and steal from you. Don't give him that permission. Don't accept that. Say, no, 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 I'm in covenant. Covenant is above work. I've seen, and the Lord spoke to me, it's, this is a process that started the last couple of years, and God had to teach me. It was tough. It was really tough. But God had to come and teach me. I mean, I still have a lot of religion in me. But I had a, I had a lot of religion. Stuff that I taught that, and that I was taught that was just religious. And God had to come and, and show me what covenant is really. <laughs> covenant is a, is, is, a, is a person that's completely, that completely relies on him. Completely. That have no concern about what tomorrow will hold. Because covenant is in your yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It goes forth before you. It makes a way in the wilderness. I want you to see spiritually behind you a small little river 
that's flowing, that's following you wherever you go, that brings life wherever you put your feet, whatever you step into, that provision is coming to that place. Andre, I don't see provision yet. Just stand a little bit longer in that place. It's coming. Don't give up. Don't run away. Just stand a little bit longer. Provision is coming. Life is coming to that place. <laughs> the land is becoming fruitful. You, know, you don't see it on the, on the surface right now, but something is happening. Life is coming to that area. Just stand a little bit longer. Covenant is busy working. Even if you are sleeping, covenant is working. There's no restriction. There's no daylight saving time for covenant. It's working. It's working. It's growing. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for every person here tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Tonight I declare over every person that's in this room, Lord, over their businesses, over this church, many pastors that's in this room. Father, I declare that they are, that they are qualified. They are called. They are chosen. They have your approval upon their lives. Father, I declare over every person in this room that they have the authority. That they have the best robe on them right now. The best robe. They have the authority to act like a son and daughter. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray for covenant. Covenant. I pray for revelation. Lord, give me revelation of covenant. Give your people revelation of covenant. Let us have a greater understanding of what this word really means and how to live in covenant. Father, I come against any, any spirit of an orphan that wants to come and reject people, that wants to separate them, that wants to make them unqualified. I come against that spirit. I command it to leave your people. I speak over this city, over this region, over McKinney, this area. I command that spirit to leave, to leave this area, to leave this region, leave the people. I pray for sons and daughters to stand up and to take the authority that you have given them, that they will stop storms. They will speak to the wind. And they will quiet it. I pray for businesses right now that's under attack. I command the enemy to take his hand of those businesses. I pray for those businesses to prosper. They are in covenant with you. They are in covenant with you. There's a higher level that's upon them. They're not limited by works alone. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.